fascinating people, insightful stories, an hour of enlightenment. This is Conversations with Charlie Dyer on iHub Radio. We're taught that compromise is a necessary part of growing up. Selling out, on the other hand, is stepping over a line. To be a sellout is to be greedy, uncaring, selfish, maybe even traitorous in some ways, like the politician who leaves campaign promises unfulfilled after meeting with deep-pocketed lobbyists, or a musician who turns his back on his roots after signing a big record deal. But what if selling out is not necessarily such a moral failure? And what if we could actually learn to sell out ethically? Our guest today will offer her sellout story and argues for a more expansive context for the ethical challenges we are all faced with in our daily lives. Thank you so much, Lily Zhang, for being here today on Conversations with Charlie Dyer on iHub Radio. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Well, Lily's new book is The Ethical Sellout, Maintaining Your Integrity in the Age of Compromise, and the other author there is Ing Hansen. Lily is a sought-after speaker, executive coach, and organizational consultant who specializes in creating healthy, inclusive, and innovative workplaces. A co-author of Gender Ambiguity in the Workplace, she has written for dozens of media outlets, including The New York Times, Quartz at Work, Entrepreneur and Psychology Today. Check out the book's website, theethicalsellout.com. Well, most of us would likely resist the idea that we sell out, particularly given its negative connotations, but you argue the majority of us sell out in small ways on a regular basis. So let's start with what selling out means to you. I would define selling out as any compromise that compromises something core to ourselves, like our identities, our beliefs, or our values. With this expanded idea of what selling out means, it's easier to see ourselves in the stories of folks who sell out. It's easier to reflect on our experiences and say, you know, at some point in my life, I might have compromised something that's important to me as well. You challenge not only our understanding what constitutes a sellout decision, but you introduce the notion that seems like an oxymoron, actually, that we can sell out ethically. What is the difference between an ethical sellout from an unethical one, Lily? That's a very interesting question, and that was actually the question that we opened the book with when we originally tried to understand what people were experiencing. We hoped that we could find stories of people who sold out in the right way and contrast those those stories with those from people who had sold out the wrong way. Now, what we ended up finding out was that everyone actually spent more time in this gray space between those two ideas. It's really hard to know exactly how to sell out and maintain true to your, or to sell out and to stay true to your values. So our book was really an exploration of how we can maintain our integrity throughout the process. And throughout learning the experiences of dozens of people, we really managed to tease out how folks found balance in their own lives and found ways to sell out and to keep their integrity throughout the process through this, some, through this idea we called the change framework. Well, we're taught that compromising is both a necessity and a sign of maturity, but that selling out is a moral failure. How are those acts different, and and how is it that frame limiting? Selling out is a form of compromise, but in our society, we tend to view some types of compromise as sacred, and therefore as, as things that if you tread upon them, 
instantly make you a failure, instantly indicate some sort of moral failure. And these compromises are compromises that get at the core of who we consider ourselves to be. So for example, compromising our racial identity, compromising our religious identity, compromising maybe our value and belief in justice or, or honesty and fairness. The idea that we tease apart in the book is that even these sorts of compromises, these intense sorts of compromises, are daily experiences for us. And so we're trying to tackle the societal stigma against these certain kinds of compromises to open up a conversation about what selling out actually means for everyone and to make the point that it really is a universal experience. You write about your own experiences of selling out in The Ethical Sellout. Tell us about those experiences, Lily. My experience with selling out starts when I was a college, um, when I was a student in college. And as an activist student, I spent a lot of time protesting the university that I attended. I spent a lot of time pushing administration to consider topics of racial justice, of gender equality, and protested as a means to push the administration to become better. Now, as soon as I graduated, I realized that the places that were offering me jobs tended to all be with that same institution. And so I ended up working for the same university that I had spent years protesting. And that experience was not a very easy one for me. Many of my friends accused me of selling out, of betraying my values, of betraying my community. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to look more into this topic, because I felt so much guilt and shame around my own choice that I wondered if other people had found ways to do it better. While the enduring vision of John Lennon, for instance, held by many Beatles fans, is a, a highly authentic human being, tell us about one of his sellout stories. This is one of the stories that we open the book with, actually. And we draw from this interview that he did where he admitted that um, to make it big, he had to work with a manager who suggested that they trade their style, that they trade their swagger for something more professional. He insisted that they wear suits, that they clean up their their sound, that they stop drinking on stage. And partially as a result of this, the Beatles made it big. But Lennon said in this interview, the Beatles died, right? Our spirit died at that moment. That's why our music never became better, because we sold out to make it big. Well, it is our economics, you say, that are a major contributing factor to our selling out crises and that often make selling out a matter of survival. Talk more about that, Lily. We exist in a world where not all people are treated fair, fairly, and many of us face enormous pressure to survive in this society, economic pressure in particular. What we found in our book is that the more pressure we're faced with, the easier it is to find compromise as the solution that makes everything work out. If, for example, we care about honesty, but we'll lose our jobs if we're honest, if we're honest to our boss, then it makes more sense for us to consider that compromise as something that we should take seriously. And what we realized throughout our book is that because of the ubiquity of, of our society's um, challenges, 
because many of us face challenges um, uh, due to our racial identities, our gender identities, economics in general, everyone faces similar pressure to sell out. Everyone faces similar pressure to compromise, to survive. And this is just something that we're not talking about. We're not acknowledging the realities of the economics in our society and how many people just simply cannot live a life purely living by their values and get by. And so this raises the necessity of compromise as a tool of survival and even compromise for those parts of ourselves that we might hold sacred. Well, we might not all be sellouts, you say, but most of us, if not all of us, at some point and under some circumstances, sell out. So talk about the distinctions that you're making there, Lily. I'm talking about sellout with a capital S. I'm talking about sellout as an identity. And I think as a society, we're very quick to label people who sell out as sellouts. We're quick to make an identity attribution when we see someone take an action that we don't approve of. But what we really argue with this work is that everyone sells out all the time. And as a result, maybe we need to reconsider how we throw around the label of sellout. Maybe we need to reconsider the judgment and the shame and the stigma that we associate with these kinds of actions by recognizing that this is a universal experience that all of us go through, not just something that bad people go through because they have no morals. The prevailing assumption is that most people don't sell out or compromise in the way that I did, which makes me a bad person. Do your findings bear that out, Lily? Yes, absolutely. Many people believe that they're the only one who sells out. This was one of the most prevalent themes that we found throughout our work talking to people who had sold out. Everyone believed that they were alone. And it was this belief that they were the only people who sold out that kept them in isolation that kept them from having real honest conversations with their friends and family about the choices that they made. And this contributed to enormous feelings of shame and guilt among everyone we talked to. We wondered if more people understood that this was a universal experience, maybe we could help people find the support they need and give people the guidance that would help them make better choices in the future with a community at their back. How often are decisions to sell out motivated by desires to acquire something we don't have, such as a higher income, employment options, or security? And how often are they focused on avoiding an outcome we don't want? We found that almost never do people sell out for personal gain. In almost every situation we encountered, we heard story after story of people who sold out merely to avoid losing that they had already merely to avoid losing some sense of stability, some income, some some, um, well-being that they had. People sold out to avoid losing their jobs. People sold out to avoid losing their health. And so this is definitely something that we don't talk about much as a society. We tend to frame it as a greedy thing. But on the contrary, everyone who we talked to seemed enormously self-aware about their decisions. Very, very few of them actively thought, you know, I'm doing fine right now, but I could have more if only I sell, sold out. Everyone found themselves in a difficult situation where selling out was the only choice. And it's that situation that we wanted to shed light on through writing our book. 
Coming up, the conversation continues with Lily Zhang discussing her new book, The Ethical Sellout, Maintaining Your Integrity in the Age of Compromise. And later, Alejandro Freed joins the conversation to talk about his new book, Changing Tides, an ecologist's journey to make peace with the Anthropocene. Thank you for listening, and please like iHub Radio on Facebook. I'm Charlie Dyer. Eavesdropping is welcome on the desert's best conversations with Charlie Dyer. We're talking about Lily Zhang's new book, The Ethical Sellout, Maintaining Your Integrity in the Age of Compromise. Sometimes the feeling of selling out comes not from a particular behavior, but from the response the behavior receives. Should our actions be labeled sellout if we lack that intention, Lily? That is such a good point you make. And one of the folks we talked to in in the course of writing our book actually had that exact idea. What this person experienced was that they would just simply live their authentic self and do their best to, to, to be who they are. But the folks who they talked to would interact with them in very strange ways that would exotify their identities. And this person started feeling this strange sense of shame. They said, you know, I'm trying to be authentic, but the way that people are interacting with me makes me feel like I'm I'm an animal in a cage, makes me feel like I'm a, I'm a, at a zoo and I'm the attraction. And because of other people's responses, this person felt after the fact that maybe I am selling out because everyone's responding to me like I'm some hero for sharing my own story and all I wanted to do was to talk about my own experience. What this person's um, tale told us um, and taught us is that selling out is sort of vague and ambiguous. We can feel like we've sold out um, for a choice that maybe we might have felt okay with in the past just because how someone's interacting with us. And so that really prompted us as as authors to move away from the idea that some choices are automatically selling out and more towards a holistic um, whole view of what selling out means, how it happens, and how people can deal with it. While some resist selling out and remove themselves from circumstances where that likelihood tends to arise, others, like Jovan in your book, recognize the benefits to be gained and actually pursue them. Does that active pursuit spare them the conflict and stress that typically accompanies selling out? I would say so, but it's not just pursuing opportunities to sell out, but it's having a personal code that guides your choices. That's actually what Joven was facing um, in in their story. What Joven was saying was, well, I know that selling out will get me some real benefits, but I'm not going to decide to sell out all the time, everywhere, in all situations. Instead, I'm going to have a personal code that guides how and when and in what way and in front of whom I sell out. So I have some more clarity around my decisions. I know when selling out is the right choice in a situation, and I know when selling out is the wrong choice in a situation. And it was this personal code that gave him such an ability to be okay with his choices, to find balance. Because selling out is often considered a moral lapse, those who do so are often judged to be lacking in an internal code by which behaviors are judged and decided upon. Are, are they? Many people judge selling out because for this exact reason, they view it as a moral lapse. 
And this all stems from our misunderstanding of selling out as something rare rather than something that's common. And unfortunately, many of us also um, buy into the societal belief that only bad people sell out and that if you sold out once, you're going to go down a slippery slope where you're going to keep selling out until you've lost sight of who you are. It's this false belief that drives the stigma. And Strangely, we didn't find any evidence of it. In fact, people who had sold out once were were less likely to try to sell out again because they were so worried and stressed about their decision. Well, when it comes to identities, it seems there's a critical, if, if nuanced, distinction between sharing and selling, which you illustrate in Lamb's story. So flesh out the differences there, Lily. The boundary is fuzzy. And Lamb's, Lamb's story was so interesting because... At one point, it felt like sharing, but what Lamb realized was that people were receiving their story in ways that they could never have imagined. So Lamb would would say, you know what, I was formerly homeless, um, I, I am transgender, I have, you know, experience with the LGBT community, and that was my life growing up. And how people would respond, they would say, oh my gosh, you're such a hero. You're so brave. You're a representative of the community. Here, we're going to give you all this attention and all this respect and all this clout because, you know, your story just is so, so important. And so Lamb was faced with a decision that just dropped into their lap. Do I keep telling these stories because I like the way people respond to them? And because of this choice, Lamb started to feel uncertain about whether or not they were just sharing about their life or they were actually selling some part of themselves. um, This is actually, this relates back to what you asked earlier about um, if if selling out is is a behavior or in response to someone's reactions. Lamb's story is a perfect example of that. It's really hard to tell. We've all been in what you label a sellout crisis when, for instance, someone makes an offensive comment and we have just a few seconds to decide whether to confront it or just let it go. How do we engage those moments ethically? First, we need to realize that those moments are very frequent and very few of us actually make what we would like to feel as the right choice in the moment. With only seconds to react, we can immediately go through so many options. We can say, if I respond, it's going to be awkward. They might not like me. It might be the wrong thing to say. Maybe I want them to respect me. And so we might stay quiet. Now, after the fact is when we really have time to reflect on the choices we've made. We can say, look, I see myself as someone that speaks up for the little guy. I see myself as someone who fights for those who are less fortunate than me. So why didn't I do it in this moment? Why didn't I do it now? And it's that feeling of reflection that we argue is the first step to making things right. It's the first step to finding balance because that reflection gives us many choices. We can go back and have a conversation with that person. We can try to forget that whatever we just did happened. We can try to adjust what we do in the future, but it all starts with reflection. And that's that's one of the many things that we say in the book is a, a skill we can develop to become um, more more um, skilled at maintaining our integrity faced with these choices. Lily, some of the people you interviewed accepted a certain sellout only if they made some accommodations that balanced that decision and and in their minds made the transaction right. So what are some of the accommodations people make? 
One of the ones that I found most interesting was of a tech worker who refused to work for a a tech company because they didn't really feel like they they were justified in, in earning so much money when there were many people without that ability and without those opportunities. Um, this person was an activist. They believe very, very strongly in supporting communities of color, women, indigenous people, etc. But this tech job offered them benefits that they really, really needed, mental health benefits to be specific. So this person chose to take the job, but to justify doing so donating almost all the money they received from it. They donated so much money that they almost qualified for housing assistance. Mm. And so I found that decision to be fascinating because it was an example of someone compromising, yes, but then adjusting after the fact and engaging in behaviors that did help them find balance and that did help them sleep at night. Well, Lily Zhang is our guest today on Conversations with Charlie Dyer on iHub Radio. The new book is The Ethical Sellout, Maintaining Your Integrity in the Age of Compromise. Check out the website for the book, theethicalsellout.com. Thank you so much for being here today, Lily. Thank you so much for having me. Coming up, Alejandro Freed joins the conversation to talk about his new book, Changing Tides, an ecologist's journey to make peace with the Anthropocene. Be sure to like iHub Radio on Facebook and tell all your friends about the digital difference in the Coachella Valley. I'm Charlie Dyer. Thank you for listening.